and welcome to New Visions for Healing, um, collaborative exploration of healing in our professional and personal lives with an intention to benefit all of the natural world. Uh, we believe that life is an intricate web where healing the individuals create a motion that heals the collective. Today we are here with Agnieszka Bulacic. She's a New Visions co-founder, um, an educator, facilitator, activist, um, striving for equality in the cultural sector. And today we're going to ponder uh, the topics of healing um, with her. So welcome, very nice to have you uh, and to start with one of our own so we can explore what it means for us before we... Uh, we always start with ourselves. And I wanted to ask you, so um, can you tell us a little bit about your work, um, how healing looks like in workshops that you facilitate, and what is your role as the facilitator in it? Mm -hmm. First, I'm just so excited about having this conversation, about opening this chapter, and I'm so much supporting this idea that we have to start it ourselves before we actually reach out further and uh, you know intend to heal outside of ourselves um so what is our work about that was the question in short um so we founded new visions together with my dear friend and partner in justice leonir galana and uh, this work grows out of our shared experiences as educators and facilitators in the context of anti-discrimination education. And I think that it uh, got into the deeper level when we started to do feminist work, when we started to do empowerment work for women, when we started to work with other women, and when we started to connect on the level of our own experiences of discrimination, exclusion, and violence with uh, women in our communities and outside of our communities. So, um, as persons affected by patriarchal violence in many different ways, uh, and also, you know, in, in our families and in our life stories, this being present, I think it grew out uh, very much into yeah, into aiming to create healthy connections with oneself and each other in our environments. Mm -hmm. So, um, nice. yeah. Nice, that's very interesting to say um, that all healing that we do ourselves is what we can teach others. It seems that the most authentic messages that we can really share is something that we have experienced in our bodies, in our um, history, and dealt with um, that way. Yes, and, and I'm listening to you right now, and I'm thinking about this uh, uh, one of the lectures of Jack Cornfield when he said, and it really resonated with me so strongly. He said, "We teach what we want to learn," and uh, and it just sat so well that that's really true. That this is what I want to learn. I want to learn it with you, 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 and I want us to learn it together. But uh, yeah, the first intention is to learn, and then also having this yeah this uh, sensitivity towards, of course, from one hand side experiences of violence, exclusion, and discrimination, but also experiencing privilege as a white European person, being very aware of uh, of this privilege and unlearning reproducing it too. 
How do you question uh, your own privilege um, and at the same time hold all the violence that you have experienced? How do you find this balance between acknowledging that some people had it much worse and at the same time you have also been a victim of discrimination and violence in the past? And how does this help in a kind of a facilitator space? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like just shortly reacting to the language. Um, I don't, I don't, like in, in my, my way of approaching structural exclusion and discrimination, it's not about some people having it better or worse. And I also, in my practice, I try not to use the word victim. And I, as a person that experienced sexual violence, I don't want to think about myself as a victim. I want to regain my power. And that's true that this is something that I experienced. Um, but I'm much closer to the language that talks about person affected by violence or a survivor of sexualized violence. Um, so I think what, what brings me to the level of uh, processing that is this aspect of collectivity and this acknowledgement that my privileges and my abuse of privilege uh, puts me in the role of the aggressor or oppressor unconsciously, but it's about me healing from my um, privilege. So it's, not, it's also not about questioning the fact that I have a privilege, but it's about wise and conscious use of the power um, that I get with the privilege. So it's about the responsibility that I hold uh, as a person privileged by white skin, for example. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yeah, but I think that this is this foundation of the connection and collectivity. So I want to acknowledge that whiteness is my problem, that this is something that I need to work on. And I also want to acknowledge that um, sexism is something that I also internalize and I struggle with, that I need to heal from. So it's not only about you know creating now the binaries of who's good, who's bad, but finding a way to be responsible in the places where we are standing in. Wow. I think that's a very powerful way to to think about it. <laughs> Quite touched, and I like I like your idea to not use word victim because there is a lot of negative um, associations with the word. Survivor is also somehow, like, uh, seems very forward. Mm -hmm. Is there another word that you use in this context? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, there is, of course, ongoing conversation. I know communities that use the word victim. I think that it's taking away the power from the person very strongly. Uh, to then deal with that afterwards. Uh, the, the, the expression actually I use the most is a person affected by discrimination or affected by violence. Um, Acknowledging what has happened, that you were involved in it, but not assigning any value judgment which might come with the word survivor or a victim. Yeah, or etiquette. go straight in. Um, uh, I have a question. What is your deepest truth in your work? It is a difficult question, but is there something that um, guides you in this? Mm -hmm. I think that my, uh, my experience as an educator was strongly influenced by um, 
embarking on a journey of meditation and I am very aware of the moment in which I realized that uh, identity politics has its own limits and I'm very aware how it shapes our experiences and uh, the way we go through life but this aspect of uh, interconnectedness and uh, spirituality is super important in my uh, approach towards learning social justice and healing from violence. Um, so part of our work is strongly inspired by work that reconnects, that is founded by Jana Macy. And I think that this, this acknowledgement of reconnection is, uh, is something that drives me the most. Um, and when I think about reconnecting and reuniting, I'm thinking about these different approaches and different levels of, uh, on which it needs to happen in the sense of how I connect with myself, how I connect with you, how I connect with our environment. Um, and yeah, <clears throat> what comes to me now is, you know, this, uh, this acknowledgement how um, colonial modernity is built on this fundament that human being is separate from the rest and this extremely individualistic idea that I am me and my ego is supposed to, you know, go forward. Um, yeah, so when I think about, like, you know, this, this deepest, deepest level, I think about reconnecting and healthy relationships. And this acknowledgement that we are always in relationship, that we are relational beings and we are part of a big metabolism of Mother Earth. And um, yeah, that's what comes up. Um, all healing comes through connection. Yeah, that we heal in relationship. Very nice. Um, Talking about bringing it back to how you show up in connection with others to your um, trainings where there is a lot of suffering, a lot of hurt, a lot of um, uncomfortable conversations. I'm curious, how do you stay within your body? How do you bring your entire self, all of your heart and compassion and at the same time have the mind that is razor sharp so that you can stop the narratives which and to shape the space that it's safe for everyone involved. Wow, this is such a wonderful question. I have chills in my body, seriously. Whew, so the first thing that comes up to me is uh, I did a series of interviews, new visions and conversation previously and what I was uh, looking at and what I admire a lot in people is this ability to exactly balance cl clarity, you know, like clarity when it comes to talking about social justice and uh, power structures and violence and balancing that with exactly compassion and awareness of our interconnectedness. And I think this is something that I also strive to embody um, myself and I watch how they do that and I learn from them and there are teachers and you know there are people that I observe and admire and you know think about how they do that how to be radically clear where the boundaries when we talk about uh, structural discrimination and at the same time 
feeding this conversation with love and compassion. Um, I think that part of the part of the um, the path for us is this approach towards the human being as a whole. So to say, from one hand side, being very aware that it's about knowledge production, it's about perspectives, diversifying perspectives, etc., etc. So I'm thinking about this holistic approach towards human being that is learning, that it's not only learning with the brain and mind, but it's also learning with their with emotions, with hearts and feelings, and with the body, because learning through the body uh, is getting more and more important for, for me, for us, in the practice. Acknowledging how systems of power are built into our bodies, how they tense or release in certain moments and situations and encounters, etc., etc. So, um, yeah, every learning space that we create and hold and design is inviting a person as their whole, full selves. Um, considering them being a worthy human from the very beginning without the need to prove their worth um, and accepting them as they enter the space. Um, and yeah, and as I said before, it's about, yes, it's about thinking and understanding, but this is not the most important part of that. It's also a very Western idea that you have to rationalize uh, everything and understand everything. There's an acknowledgement that there are realities that we will never understand, and that's fine. Um, but then this layer of feeling and connecting to your emotions and feelings when you listen to the stories, when you listen to the perspectives, when you learn about racism or sexism, when you learn about intersectionality that, you know, the word itself is just so loaded, but if you think about that, it is really about lived experiences of the people that experience intersectional oppression. So, like, connecting these levels of what's the knowledge production, what's the head, what's the brain, and what's the feelings is super crucial. Um, and then learning with the body, and not only in the, in a body in the sense that uh, that it's about behaving, it is also about behavioral change, but it's also a lot about self-observation of how your body deals with difference. Um, when it's feeling comfortable, uncomfortable, and it's an invitation to actually feel discomfort, to confront yourself with the discomfort, especially from the perspective of um, a privileged person to get out of your comfort zone and realize that you need to feel uncomfortable if we are to change something. Wow. Um, that is riding us straight into the next uh, part of this where I would like us all to go into the space of the whole being. I feel like this is something we often talk about. It is now acknowledged that our bellies have this intricate connection of nerves, that they are just as sensitive um, as our brains, that we have just as much potential to understand things through our body that, as we have through our brains. And yet it is somehow still uh, fictional um, in a lot of ways. So today, I would like us to experience that um, with this meditation on the whole being.
You can sit or stand, watch or listen, feel inside to connect, look outside to inspire, experience created for all of us, here and now. Bring your entire awareness into the present moment. the ground. Feel the support of the earth under the feet, the framework in which you find yourself in this moment. Observe your senses. What can you feel? touching your skin. What is the temperature in the room? Can you smell the air? What is the quality of the air? Notice the sounds coming into your awareness inside the room and outside. Feel the taste in your mouth. See the colors dance in front of your eyes. Take a deep inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth, releasing all the different content that has been generated until this moment. And for a moment, let us acknowledge this beautiful body we find ourselves in. No matter the size, the shape, the age, this body is your vessel for experiencing the reality. It is how you experience the world. Feel your legs that carry you. Feel your belly that digests energy so that you can do things you need to do. Feel your hands that are your creative tools. Feel the whole spine from the bottom of your sitting bones all the way up to the crown of your head. The stable, beautiful structure communicating from the head all the way down to your feet, carrying information. 
and then travel with your mind's eye to the center of your chest. Take a deep, full breath, expanding your heart in all directions. Feel the power that lies in your heart. An organ that pumps blood, circulates oxygen all around, and ultimately carries energy through your body. Feel your courage, your compassion, Be fully aware of the power that you carry in your heart. And then invite your spiritual essence. You might have any thoughts related to soul or spiritual essence. Notice where your awareness goes in the body. Let go of the thinking. We are, we are inviting a part of us that we know little about to guide us and communicate with the rest of our being. And feel that now your body is present in the space. You're giving and receiving through breathing, in and out. There is some unknown that you can connect to inside of your being. Invite your intelligence with an intention of exploration, pondering, jawline, massaging the space, releasing the tension. Make different faces with the muscles of your face. Allow for some joy and laughter and some ugliness and some imperfection. And then with your whole self, come back to our conversation today. Do you feel a change from the beginning when we started and now after this exercise? Do you feel like um, there is a change in your own being? Through the grounding? Yes. Yes, and this is the practice that, especially in the 
in a in a group settings, I think that it changes the atmosphere in the room so much. When yeah, like just this moment when I can connect with my cells and heartbeats and presence and have this moment of stillness, I think it puts me in a very different um, yeah, in a very different way of relating to myself and and others. So even like this short moment of pause is so powerful. That's why I always appreciate that we start our meetings with grounding. And once we open our eyes again, we are seeing each other with different eyes, I feel. At the freshness of the moment, yeah. rather than the experience of the past mm-hmm. or expectation for the future. Yeah. So how do you give love to yourself daily? <laughs> wow, that's quite a question. I think I'm, uh, I'm still learning how to do that. We all are. Um, and there are these different levels of how I give love to myself daily. I think there are these very pleasure-related uh, aspects of that. Uh, pleasure and joy. So I really did my work to look into the practices that give me joy and pleasure, and uh, and I give it to myself regularly. And it can be, you know, it can be starting a day with uh, with a bath and a coffee and reading poetry that sets up my day in a very different way. Uh, but it's also this uh, this level of self this self discipline, for example, when it comes to starting a day. So to say, I start my day with, uh, with journaling and uh, movement, so with yoga practice. And I think that this is also a gesture of giving myself love in a very different way, but it's very not just being in this disciplined way and knowing that this is good and healthy for myself. So that's also the part of the, the showing myself love and responsibility towards the body and, and the soul. It stops the brain from going around in circles if you have this embodied practice every morning. Yeah. Because otherwise the brain would find excuses to do it and start it differently. So having a routine can be, I, I agree, very um, helpful way to, to nurture your body and your whole self. Yeah, totally. And I'm thinking about how to think about this self-love, not as indulging yourself into something, but really knowing that this is the gesture of taking care of yourselves and yourself and being responsible towards yourself. And then the, another thing that comes to my head has this very, you know, clear level of setting boundaries of how much I can work or cannot work. And I think this is something that I'm still learning a lot of... Uh, you know, what, what is self-respect and self-love mean here? But also about how I think about uh, taking care of my house, you know? Like, these levels are how I organize um, my world. So I'm also thinking about these layers of, um, of feeling safe in the life that I'm living, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, these different levels of how I can show love to myself. Um, yeah, it's interesting how we can approach self-love from such different, uh, with different eyes. There's yeah. this element of uh, 
what is really good for all of me. Again, because maybe indulging in some loving yeah. activity can heal and nurture one side of you, but not the entire being. Yeah. So it's also a, a big, for me at least, it was a big uh, exploration of how do I want to love myself? Mm. How do I want to show up for myself? Yeah. And, uh, and also this element of self-compassion that I think that is so important here, you know, in the way of uh, how I learn my lessons, you know? Am I my supportive friend or am I my own critic, you know? Like, I think this is also the path that is super important for me of being compassionate towards... Towards the way I am, you know, and I'm not always perfect, and I make my mistakes, and I want to learn from them instead of shame myself for them. And it's interesting because other people, when they meet you, they are, you know, what an inspiring woman, creating change, and of course, I think it's important to acknowledge that in each inspiring woman, there is also a shamed child that needs to be taken care of, and that. We all have this self-love, healing um, need in the end. Um, totally. totally. And also how actually talking out loud about that is encouraging to heal together, you know? And I think that this is also this moment of like how, um, how being transparent about your, my shortcomings is also healing because then I don't bathe myself in guilt and shame, but I'm open for transforming it into something else. You yes, know? acknowledging it, owning up to it, taking responsibility, mm -hmm. and then being able to shift ultimately mm -hmm. something. It's acknowledging that you would like to shift something yes. out loud, and then it's already shifting. Yeah, just by admitting that I fucked up, for example, you know, <laughs> just by admitting that I'm a human being and I'm, I have flaws and I made mistakes and I will make mistakes, especially if I'm to, to do the work that I'm doing. And I know that I will, I will make mistakes and I need to be ready for that. And to have a support system when you do, yeah. so that you can keep doing your work. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to touch on two opposite concepts in your work and um, one is I know you bring a lot of joy into uh, radical change and uh, challenging society and I really uh, value this and I would like you to tell us a little bit about that like how do you for example, I know there was a big uh, demo in Berlin, there is a lot of them um, fighting for female equality, and you show up with a song. And can you tell us a little bit about where the inspiration came and how it shifted the mood from this aggressive, kind of anger and pain-filled to joy? That's such a beautiful question. Yeah, there is this book of Lama, Rod Owens now, Love and Rage, and how to actually connect those and be aware that they both exist. Uh, really beautiful question, thank you for asking that. And uh, yeah, I just, 
while being aware that I have shit lots of rage in myself and a lot of anger that I need to learn how to make use out of that in a generative way, in a healing way. Uh, I also am a big fan of power of joy and uh, pleasure. <laughs> and um, I don't want to give up on that. You know, I don't want to give up on joy and pleasure. And I know it's powerful and I know it has healing energy and I know it has connecting energy. So last year, um, actually this year, uh, Polish government banned abortion in Poland almost fully. And we were protesting and demonstrating a lot. And, uh, you know, the, the two main um, screams were fuck peace, which is the ruling party, and fuck off. And there was a lot, a lot of rage and anger directed towards those that are oppressing us. And, uh, and I really am missing, and I was missing, and I know that there are demonstrations that bring into this energy of connection this energy of, okay, we are here all together, and this is what we can do for one another. And, uh, and also this immense power of hundreds of people screaming together, you know? It's an incredibly powerful experience to be part of the crowd that is singing the same thing together. And uh, I remember we had a conversation about that and we're thinking about, okay, how, how to balance these spaces and be aware that we need to shout our rage, but we also want to connect with one another, not only through anger. Like, I don't want to identify with, the, with other people just because, because we hate the same group of people, you know? I don't want to build my relationships on hate or anger or rage, you know? And I know there is a space for that too, but I don't want, to, I don't want it to be connecting link between you and me. I want us to be connected in love and support. And um, yeah, we had this conversation. We were actually trying to make up this song, but it never worked out in a group. And then I was just riding my bike. And uh, one of the things that we were also screaming at the demonstration was, you will never walk alone. And, you know, it's just building this foundation of connection and uh, just acknowledging that whatever happens to you, whatever system we function in, uh, however, it's oppressing you or discriminating you, I'm there to walk with you and support you. And uh, yeah, that's how the song happened. <laughs> Would you be willing to sing it for us? Wow, this is really... Um, it's okay if it's not available at the moment. I don't think it's available. And uh, I also think that the power of this song is to be sung in community. And... Uh, and to be sung together, yes, I think that's the, the part, but we can learn it and sing it together and it'll be super beautiful. Yes, I would, I would love to. I would love to. Um, yes, uh, I just want to round it up. Uh, so beautiful to, to, to talk about finding joy in, in suffering and in resistance and um, balancing wanting change with appreciation of other humans that are in it with you and the communities that come together. Um, knowing that our society is broken, uh, it brings a lot of grieving and sadness uh, because we are all trained to succeed in a certain way in this systems and then at one point we realized that the systems are broken and that they weren't created to empower us entirely. 
And there is a lot of sadness and grieving um, in this. And I was curious in how do you manage uh, being a part of the systems uh, in place so that you can operate and heal in them from within and at the same time uh, holding your unique perspective and mm -hmm. knowing, staying true to mm -hmm. why you do this work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you are asking about how to hold all these diverse emotions and feelings and awareness that there is no like universal recipe of how to fix the system. It's a lot of people find their um, space outside of the system. You know, there's a lot of people finding alternative communities or ways to act and create from their own unique spaces, but they don't enter the main system and sometimes I feel like this is why the system doesn't change because those who disagree with it seem to be away and I think our new visions does it from within so how do you hold both? Yeah, I think there's a, there is this awareness of from one hand side knowing that we don't have a recipe of how to fix the system and nobody has it because there are many different ways of doing that and, uh, and all of them are needed in a sense of, uh, I think that I learned throughout the years that it's not about being right, you know, that it's not about us having the perfect solution of how to fix the broken system, but it's about us knowing to knowing how to or striving best to be in connection and community in those that do it in different levels and uh, this awareness that it needs to happen on different levels and uh, we've chosen working with smaller communities with smaller groups on the deeper levels on more emotional levels but of course there are those that mobilize hundreds and thousands of people on demonstrations and that's also necessary to do and then there are people that just work one-on-one -on -one with other humans there are people that do you know that do movies and write books and do media work and all these levels are important and uh, I think it's about finding your your path and your way in how you can best contribute to the community you're a part of and the communities you want to work with and this awareness that this is what you can give, you know, that I think that it's a lot about this uh, from, one, from one hand side trust towards oneself that these are the gifts that I got in this life and I'm to share them to support people that are around me and the planet that I love um, but then don't necessarily work against those that work differently and um, there's this quote of uh, Audrey Lord: you want to dismantle master's tools with master's house with his own tools in other words the master's tools will not dismantle the master's house and I think that this is the trap we are a little bit in when working from within the system because trying to use the tools of the master's house 
we will just reproduce the same things. So that's why, from one hand side, yeah, of course, we work within the system, and we are part of the system, so we are not moving out into the forest and, you know, um, cut, cutting ourselves from the community we are part of, because we are part of this system. Uh, and at the same time, it's a lot about learning and listening from, to those that really live outside of the house, those that uh, still take care of ancient forests and have access to the knowledges and wisdoms that we don't know nothing about because our minds are just so, you know, conditioned and colonized with the knowledge produced by, you know, white uh, uh, European humans that, uh, yeah, that there is also this acknowledgement that we need to be in community with those that work on different layers and different levels. And like there's, yeah, like even within the, the activist collective that I'm part of, we have different approaches and different ways, you know, there are people that work and think only about the structural aspect of that and have this very like operational aspect towards change, while I have more organic, emotional, more connected to the nature. And I find beauty in a way how we can actually sit together and talk and don't exclude each other's ideas and perspectives, but also understand how they build on one another. So I really appreciate this uh, ability to sit down at the table and acknowledge our different lenses or ways of looking at the problem and solution and appreciate them. It's beautiful and it comes full circle with how we open this talk today. Connection. In connection with others who have the same intention. Intention of healing, loving all humans and all living beings. And staying with that intention, bringing your gifts, showing up and not feeling helpless. Because even if others are there doing their work differently, if we have the shared intention and we know that there is lots of us, we can find power and in connection from the individual to the collective, we can trust that we will make change, that the change is happening, that it's still, even if it sometimes doesn't look that way. Yes, and I'm also thinking how not doing anything is also bringing change, you know, like not doing something is also a choice, so something is going to happen. And uh, yeah, then all this, all this uh, perspective of am I doing enough, should I do that, should I do that, you're always doing something and it's contributing to, to the world in one way or the other. So you can also think about how if to you're serve. doing too much, because <laughs> often we do too much as well. Yeah, not to limit human beings to what they do, but mm -hmm. they have value in who they are and how they are. So if we focus on how we are in the world, and if we are who we want to be, how we want to be, day to day, then together we are already creating something. It doesn't have to be always um, doing. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful addition. I, I love that. Um, thank you for today. Thank, thank you, you for um, yeah, exploring these topics with me. 
And uh, yeah, before we go, let us all just please get up. If you were listening, there's a lot of uh, topics. We will also get up. And uh, I just invite everyone to stretch out through their arms, feeling the sky above, the ground below, and all the space in between. Um, and just allow your body to shake from the belly all of the thoughts coming through the belly and processing, digesting in your belly listening for the guidance from the body. Allowing for the emotions to be there. Allowing for the joy to be there. And thanking your body, your mind, your spirit, your dreams, your intuition, your thoughts, your emotions, your entire self for being here today and uh, pondering new ways of healing and being in the world together. Thank you so much for this, this is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. My name is Mina Georgievich and I hope to welcome you back in the next episode of New Visions for Healing. Mm-hmm.